I want to thank the choir, Sean, and everyone who sang along. This is not on. I want to thank the choir and Sean and everyone who sang along and for this switch at the bottom. And for everyone who sets up each Sunday and during the week to prepare us for worship on this morning. With thanks to Gail and to Carrie for setting up our worship display, which we will talk about a little bit in a few moments. And I also really want to thank everybody. You've been soul food to me, you know. The way everybody has welcomed me and made me feel at home this week. And as I get to know everyone a little bit better, I, I realize just more and more how blessed I am to be with you. So thank you. I look forward to getting to know everyone. And also to find ways in which we can interact. And the growing number of opportunities for us to do things together. And following worship this morning, after a few minutes um, in, the, in the coffee hour... Please feel free to come back to the sanctuary if you're so inclined. And I'd like to have a little bit of a talk back, not necessarily in anything in particular, but to talk a bit about uh, what's on your minds. And if it's about the sermon or about the reading, but also about perhaps some ways you would like to guide me as, as we go forward in this time ahead. Um, You know, I've been thinking a lot about this, this period of time we're in, this period of, of flow and space and movement. Flow and space and movement. And how things in so many ways seem to be different for me. I'm, I'm not sure if that's for you or not, but there seems to be a difference in the way that I'm counting things and recording things and watching my calendar. I spoke a little bit about this last week when we talked about the Kairos time, that being God's time. This, this great arc of time from the beginning of creation until today. And then the TikTok time of Kronos. And I, I get confused lately. I, I, sometimes I'm wondering if I'm in TikTok or if I'm somewhere floating along in the, in the greater expanse of things. Because I think they're coming together in particular ways that I'm just starting to sense. And part of that has to do with the responsibility and the gift that I believe we have been given to care for one another, to care for our environment, and to pay attention. And perhaps it has to do that when things are in upheaval, when our lives are changing, that this difference or blending or additional layer of time brings us closer to something greater than we understand, greater than we think about on a regular basis. This sense of God in our lives, this power in our lives, and what it is that we're being called to in some ways, and most frequently what it is we have to rely upon because we take steps and directions that sometimes don't have a very clear path. And we rely upon one another and we also rely upon this sense of God in our lives. And again, as I stand here, I can't help but think, I want to think, I want to remember all of the folks since 1858, right? that have stood here, 
and that have been part of this congregation in terms of membership, that have faced one thing after another. As a congregational, as a faithful group of people working together in this community and touching the world beyond. And that continues and how, how I am in that flow with you of that long history that this church has enjoyed. You know, last week we talked about Martin Luther King Day. And I did a little bit of research. Martin Luther King was signed into law in 1985. And it was established as the third, sun, third Monday of every January because it was the closest to Martin's birthday. And only once since then, out of the eight um, inaugurations that have taken place during that span of time, only once did Martin Luther King Day occur after the inauguration. Any ideas when that might have been? It was one day later. Only in 2008, when Barack Hussein Obama was inaugurated. Every other year, every other inauguration, MLK Day, Martin Luther King Day came before the inauguration. And what made me go back into the research a bit was because I thought, wow, and I know it didn't happen that way, but I thought, I wonder if it was planned that way. <laughs> so that every time we get close to inauguration of a new president, that we first remember what it is that the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. taught us. What it is he lifted up from his faith and his gospel about caring for all of those who needed to be cared for as a reminder. And I'm very happy that we had the chance to talk about that last week. Because, you know, whether there's a disappointment, whether you are disappointed with the outcome of the election, or you are pleased with it. It occurs on many levels. The bottom line for me is that whether we are, whether we voted for one candidate or another or not at all, that deep in the core of who we are, when we are committed to the gospel message, is something that I think if we can get to it, that there would be no disagreement about about caring for those who need to be cared for, about making sure that the environment is protected, that everybody has health care, that everybody has education. But this has been a tough one because it's even been difficult to get to those conversations. Yesterday I was sat with um, Kimberly, um, Kimberly and Frank. We went up to the march in Port Jefferson. Maybe some of the others were here. I know Connie. Who else was in Washington? We're in Sylvia and in Washington. And, and where? And Pat. <clears throat> and folks were in New York. And we went up to Port Jefferson. I was helping out. I just ended up getting involved with a couple of the folks that had put it together. And they were, they were collecting supplies for the woman's um, shelter and for um, Father Frank's Horizon House, yes. is that right? So all of, these, all of these packages and toiletries and healthcare items were coming and coming with all of the people that were coming were filling up the backs of cars. And at the end of the march, this very hopeful, uplifting march, we were just standing around, there were four of us, 
And this, this pickup truck, this large truck sort of came by, and it was a woman driving it. And she stopped and she said, what are you doing? I thought, that's kind of odd. I mean, <laughs> And so one of the organizers said, well, we're gathering to make sure that women's rights are protected. We're standing here against violence. We're all of the things that we were doing. And in, in a very defensive and subtle way, she said, well, has anybody had their health care taken away? I went, oh, okay. And I realized that we are in such, such a time of rhetoric. It is so tense that even to have a balanced conversation sometimes creates these situations. But as we finished speaking with her, I walked up when the others had left, and I just wanted to say to her, look, you know, I know there's differences, but there's, there's things I know we can agree on too. And so let's, let's go there. And before I could say anything, she said, you know, I had an abortion and it was the worst decision of my life. And I said, wow, I have no idea what it is to go through that, but I'm sorry for what you've been through. She said, me too. And then she said, I have to go, I'm blocking traffic. And what I realized was that this has been a time where people have voted and done the things they've done for all and any number of reasons. The ones that are apparent, the ones that are not. But there's many, many layers. We see it in our families. Some of us haven't been able to talk to our friends because we're in such disagreement. We're trying to figure out how to navigate that time. But here was someone who voted for redemption. So it's complex. And the message of Dr. King, the message of love, the message of this congregation, the message of seeing ourselves not so much in tick-tock, tick-tock, but in God's greater expanse of time and presence, I think is going to be a focus that's very important as we go forward. It's been tough. But I don't believe our faith has been shaken. I can get shaken. I can get a little verklempt. I can get confused. I can wonder about what's going on. But God's faith, that trust, that presence is always there for the taking. And I think in so many ways, that's reflective of the light that we're talking about in today's reading. Even when it feels like the most dreary of times, even when we're making decisions and we say, oh my gosh, did I make the right decision? Or what's going to happen? Or, and we start projecting. That inside each one of us, and we know this, and you know that as a congregation more than I do, is this sense of hopefulness. Because God is in our lives. Matthew starts off by saying, he, he quotes Isaiah and he says, Land of Zebulun and land of Naphtali, the way to the seam along the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people living in darkness have seen a great light. On this living in this land in the shadow of death, they've seen a great light. In the worst of conditions, in the most terrible of times, in the most shadowy of places, in the midst of what you could never imagine happened, just happened, they have seen a light. 
And it is the light that Jesus has pointed to throughout Jesus' ministry. It is here now. It never goes out. It is upon us, around us, behind us, and guiding us. We are the presence of that light. And so when we started thinking about how do we describe, how do we enter into this space as a congregation, my conversation with, with Gail and with Carrie was to create something that represents the flow of time. I looked at the crucifix, and if you haven't come up close to it before, the first thing I noticed about it was the motion in it. Have you seen that? The way that it's carved, there's a, there's a motion in the crucifix that moves as you watch it. And so what we're going to ask folks to do over the next week is think about this. Where are you? Where are we in the flow? What, what is it that are the gifts that we have, that we bring? We have busy lives. We're taking care of family. We're working. We have other responsibilities. What are the gifts that we bring to this world in the flow of God's time? that we can perhaps name and put together in some way on this fabric so that we see ourselves in the presence of one another's gifts and what it is we create together. The idea is to take some paper, construction paper, about the size of your hand or a little bit larger or make it in the shape of a, an eye, an ear, a foot, a hand, whatever you like, and write on it something that you identify as your light. Where's the light come from inside of you? What is your, is it your sense of humor? Is it your gift with painting that suddenly creates something that you don't notice? Is it your ability to listen to somebody when they just need a companion? Whatever it might be. And if you don't get a chance to do that during the week, we'll have supplies next week during coffee hour and you can do that. But then we're gonna just pin them up and we're going to see where it leads us as we go. I know Sylvia can help us with this, because this is what Sylvia does all the time with children. There's one of your gifts that we'll tap into, and the gifts so many others have. So that's, that's part of what we're thinking, because the truth is, in whatever the ways are that we tug at that fabric, in the smallest of ways, in the greatest of ways, it makes a difference. It makes a big difference. When Jesus got the word from Matthew, or in Matthew, when Jesus gets the word that, in fact, John the Baptist has been executed, the text says that he went off to Capernaum, and then it almost immediately has Jesus coming back and starting to call disciples. Well, I don't think it was like that. I, I, Matthew's not too much worried with TikTok time. He's really not. He leaves out a lot of the details. He goes from one thing to the next because his main purpose is to reveal God to us through Jesus Christ. But before Jesus came back, I mean, he had to go off along with everyone else who was surrounding them when they got the news and think, oh my gosh, it's over. It's over. They're coming after us. They're, they're going to take us away. This movement, this, this vibrant, exciting movement that we've had is, is done. We're going to be killed. 
So they had to go off. And, and, and the grief of losing John. But out of that darkness, when the time came, Jesus came back with a vengeance. Come, follow me. We're going to do a new thing. So out of even the worst of conditions, we rise up. And I think the parallel here, at least for me in the gospel, is that this is all about love. It's about the broadest, most expansive sense of love that can overcome even the most difficult and challenging of times. And whatever time we're in now, the needs are great. The needs were great a month ago, they're gonna be great a month from now. And so when we get together and we have our talkbacks, when we were in conversation with one another, the question I will always say is, how can we carry this message? How can we take this gospel out there whether or not people even know we're talking about the gospel. When I served the church in New York City, I, I kid around, I think I may have told you the story, we would have 15 people in worship on Sunday. And on Monday, there'd be 500 people in the building. So which was worship? Or were they both worship? Who were our members? Were they the people that came in the building for clothing and for services and for help? And what do we do in terms of who we are? And we went right back to the most basic of ancient teachings, the teaching of hospitality, of being there for the other and letting the Holy Spirit do the rest, knowing who we are, knowing what we can do, joining together to do that, and then trusting God, trusting the Holy Spirit, trusting the light that leads us to take care of the rest. There's no darkness, there is no despair. We are in the flow. Whatever darkness and despair we may feel is fleeting. It does not stay in God's world, in God's light. We have to move in that direction. I think what Martin Luther King said about the moral arc of the universe moving toward justice is in fact the place that we are and no matter how difficult it is, we know that we are not alone that God is with us, Emmanuel, and that we've only just begun again.